Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. We come to this place for magic. I don't have time to have a bad time. <laughs> it ain't on my schedule. To laugh. And uh, it is a reminder, I've been here when it was glory hole days, and I've been here when it wasn't. And so having said that, uh, uh, I want me some glory hole. To cry. I thought we had a team put together last year that was healthy enough when we got to the playoffs. But I knew we had a couple of our best shots out there financially. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when the lights begin to dim. <laughs> but uh, And we go somewhere we've never been before. We're almost two and a half college seasons away from being in the playoffs. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Well, if I knew for sure that the hump would stay still and not move around on me, and that one would get me over that hump. But the problem is that hump's moving on you too. Together, sound that I can feel. I fucked it up. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. I think we uh, have successfully put together a staff that gives us absolutely the best chance with our makeup and our team to uh, get to the ultimate success. Our heroes feel like the best part of us. I appreciate your tenderness. Because here, they are. <laughs> no, uh, I'm not so sure that's a joke. That's the way it is. The only thing I'm second to say is, how about them cowboys? How about them cowboys, indeed. It's a tradition unlike any other in Cowboys Nation. The Jerry State of the Team press conference. We're back for another season on About Them Cowboys. We've got Father John out in Oxnard. We've got somebody new, full-time on the Cowboys beat. Finally, Saad Youssef. Congratulations, Saad, and welcome. Thank you. Really excited. Right on time. Right on time for Oxnard, so it's perfect timing. And we're pleased, as always, to have... In the full with us, Kevin KT Turner from The Freak. Make sure you're listening every single morning on the radio. What's up, KT? Um, not much. I, I'm uh, pretty excited that football is actually here because this has been a quiet offseason, and now we got John and Sod both to chop it up with, which we chopped it up with Sod no matter what, but it's official, Sod, so that's cool. Thank you. And then I just pumped. It's, it's go time. Yeah. And I saw Barbie and liked it. More on that later. Hmm. Okay. Spoiler alert, I did too. Hmm. It's fantastic. Did who on our show? Wait, did you go in pink? Did you go in pink? I, I don't ha- I don't have much pink to to go in, but I, KT does. I know. I had a, a shirt with like some flamingos on it, so I did wear that. Yeah. Nice. You got your Kennergy on. Yep. I'm Knuff. John's face right now, if y'all could see. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, younger. I'm a little younger than you guys, but I don't know if, if 
you guys had this phase, the whole tough guys wear pink in school, like when, no, when you guys were in school. We definitely never had oh, that. Oh, yeah. Whole Abercrombie pink um, polo was a big, uh, a big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Like, yeah, but if you Google can't... tough guys wear pink, like there, there's a whole, there's a whole thing about that. Yeah, Kent was in a pop punk band, so I don't know if the rules are like the same. <laughs> yeah, any color went for a, a period of my life. That's for sure. Anything goes. Speaking of anything goes, Jerry took the mic today, KT. They also signed a player right after. Qu- quietest offseason in some time, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, we have press conference, and then oh, Trevon Dix has got a contract. Uh, John, how shocked were you to find find the well to see that? I mean, so I wasn't shocked just because when you leave minicamp like over a month ago and it ends with Steven and Jerry talking about how they want to get these some of these contracts done. And Steven's not just saying like being generic about it. He's specifically mentioning Trayvon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Terrence Steele, Dak Prescott. So there's not a lot of gray area from that perspective. Then this is a team that doesn't spend significantly in free agency. It's all about being able to re-sign your own. So everything lines up that, well, okay, so when are these going to get done? But if I'm being completely honest, I was just happy it happened because I thought the press conference today, 33 minutes, was the most boring one I've attended. It just it would, There wasn't a lot of juicy Hot stuff topics. there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to just kind of set the scene a little bit, you know, before Jerry, Stephen, and Mike got to the stage, you know, it was pretty evident that you know, NFL Films is is filming this documentary with Jerry. And so, I mean, it the camera crew-wise is was pretty similar to a way, like if you were filming a Hard Knocks, you know? And just, you can just tell by the cameras that are there and the other people that are there to different, you know, boom mics, stuff like that. You're just like, oh, okay, so these guys have been following Jerry around. So I'm thinking, hey, this might be a little gasoline on the fire for him to do some crazy stuff, say something wild, you know, something like that. And I thought Jerry was pretty reserved today. And so... You know, I, like I said, 33 minutes and then on the podium. And then we got Jerry for another eight or nine minutes off to the side. And as I'm walking away from that, I'm like, well, I'll write about Zach Martin. That's obviously the big story in that. And I'll uh, put some stuff together, do some transcribing. And and uh, and that's what I'll write on. Not super pumped about it, but, that you know, I'm writing off the first day of camp. And then that Trayvon Diggs news happens. And I'm like, this is perfect. I would much rather write about this. This also gets a contract out of the way. And then I just wanted to throw this one out there too, is that maybe it's like 2019 where it was a 16-day period where, you know, uh, Jalen Smith got done, Lael Collins got done, and Zeke got done. Now that was at the end of August, early September. Mm. Now, I know when people hear that, they'll be like, yeah, all three of those. <laughs> that worked out great. But um, I guess I was going to ask you guys, what did you think of, of the deal? Because I'm on board with it because I'm very pro the Trayvon Diggs type corner over the Byron Jones corner where, you know, the one guy is you, you, you feel more comfortable with in coverage, but the other guy will just take the ball away. And to me, the value of that in the NFL I had no issues with this deal. I'm completely on board. I think it it makes sense to get it done now. I also don't think Trayvon Diggs has reached like his peak yet, coming from being a guy that was converted wide receiver to corner in college. He's only played three years in the NFL. So I was completely on board, but what did you guys think? Work in, uh, work in your thoughts on how that compares with J.R. Alexander, because that's kind of the... Yeah, know, yeah. Well, yeah, and pinnacle. I... So 
so my thoughts on this are a good to get it done now because things keep rising and it does feel like the rare case of the Cowboys not letting something get to the deadline. And then when I kind of look at a couple of things, there's been a lot of discussion about Dak and his interceptions. And this is probably a bad way to look at it. I don't want Dak being a four interception guy, a five interception guy. If that happens miraculously, great. But like all the good quarterbacks of the league threw double-digit interceptions. Now, he did lead the league in interceptions, and I'm not denying that. It makes that a little bit more excusable when you do have a guy who can get the ball back for you a little bit too, though. And over the course of a year, you know, that can sometimes maybe get back to even and where it's not that big of a concern. Because the last thing I want is Dak not being aggressive. I don't want Dak feeling like because he's worried about interceptions to, you know, be checked down Charlie and start not taking those shots that he's made. I think you have to do that in this league. So it's a weird way to get to Trayvon Diggs, I know, but it's just something I thought about today. When you look at that, he got the um, same contract as Marshawn Lattimore pretty much. And I think that's that's about right. I think that's probably about where you would go when you have a guy you know, his contract's not that different than Jalen Ramsey's. And we talk about Jalen Ramsey as the best cornerback in the league sometimes, and that's changed a little bit over the years. So I think it's fair value, and I think it like could have gotten higher based on when some of these guys are going to hit free agency, you know, over the next few years. Like, you know, Witherspoon with Seattle is going to hit it. And, like, you know, you have some of these guys who are going to be like uh, – not Witherspoon, I'm sorry. You have some of these guys who are going to be unrestricted free agents next year who could take, you know, that number up quite a bit. And that's where I think, like, it was almost surprised when this happened this, because the Cowboys are the Cowboys and deadlines make deals. So And I was there was a part of me that was sitting there thinking, you know, because I get in, I, I get down to Oxnard yesterday and I'm at the hotel when the buses arrive and the buses arriving was very similar to the press conference and that, very boring. Like, I mean, no Dak, no Micah, no Demarcus Lawrence, no Trayvon Diggs, no Zach Martin. Um, I, I'm trying to think who else. No Tony Pollard. Like, it just, when you're looking for, like, to take photos and things like that, there's nobody that really, none of the star players are there. And now, hey, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's the Cowboys. They're kind of being boring and quiet and you're just going about their business. And maybe that's that's not like their typical way they go about business. So maybe this is a good thing. But there was a part of me when I, you know, you don't see some of those guys, even though some of them are already here. In the back of your mind, you're just kind of like, well, if Zach Martin's not going to practice this week, who's to say Trayvon Diggs doesn't? So you get this deal done and you remove that. That's not even on the table, you know, that Trayvon Diggs is going to be here. You don't have to worry about that one. Yeah. And also, I think with, with the other thing with Trayvon is we talked about this throughout his kind of, you know, rise through. Um, rise to the NFL, which has only been, what, three years or so. But the Cowboys haven't had this kind of playmaker in a long time. And and I think, you know, when, when you look at what your team needs, your team needs a little bit of everything. Now, when Trayvon Diggs was just like he was the guy and there was no other corner, I think he's going to be – he's going to benefit greatly from Stephon Gilmore because now he's going to be able to play in his element even more. The pressure's not on him to be the one and only number one corner – so I think when you look at all that, we a lot of times, you know, we've seen the Cowboys do this to go back to KT, kind of like bringing it back to Dak. We see the Cowboys oftentimes do this where when they pay a guy, they say, okay, well, now we're going to 
now we're going to take everything else away that kind of made you or, or puts you in that position to succeed. Usually that happens with the quarterback. So we paid you. We're not going to pay any of the receivers. We're not going to pay anybody else. Now you go do it. I'm glad they're not doing that with Diggs where, you know, they brought in help. They brought in reinforcements and got Stephon Gilmore and are also going to pay Trayvon Diggs and going to let him do his thing as well. So I think, you know, it's one of those Trayvon Diggs is a good player, but I feel like the sum of the parts is going to be even greater this year. And it's go time, right? I mean, let's, let's, let's get real. You're not going to like, you didn't have to get this done, but this is, this is it. And next year, it'll be time to get Micah done. And there's just a lot of things that are going to happen. And Micah is going to cost, I mean, it's out of this world that Micah cost you 35. I mean, like Micah's number is going to be high. So if you're saving even a little bit here down from, from not doing this next year, and I don't know how high it would go. I mean, he's not even getting more than, you know, from a per year. I mean, that's a big signing bonus. They put on that at $21 million. He's not getting more than Jair Alexander, who, you know, re-signed recently. And I think a little comparable. I think some of the same things you could say about Alexander, you could say about Diggs in a way. Um, Alexander might be a little more willing to go in there and try to throw his shoulder around and make a tackle and things like that. But he's missed, you know, 12 games in a year or 13 games a year because of injury and things like that. But interception guy, ball skills guy. Kind of, I think he's at 21 per year. So, I mean, you're not even, like, topping the market even. So, I think, like, it's a good deal just because you're not having to worry about it anymore, too. And you had room to do it. So. Yeah. I know that there's people out there that, I mean, what's fresh in your mind? Dak Prescott not playing well against San Francisco. Trayvon Diggs did not play well against San Francisco. He had a chance to get interception late, drops that. Obviously, you know, doesn't make the hit. Um uh, on the middle, on that the, down the middle of the field, when Neville Gallimore was kind of playing DB, um, so I mean, hey, there's things in his game for sure, but you have to judge when you're doing these contracts on not necessarily just what's happening; it's about where that player is going to be. And like I wrote for tomorrow, I included, you know, obviously some stuff about Diggs in my story off the press conference, and I included some stuff from from Al Harris, their DB coach from last year when we got to talk to him la- um, last November. And just talking about how, you know, that it's not like he's this finished product. There's still things that he can work on and he can get even better. Because in November, last November, you know, he didn't have the big interception number. So people are like, oh, he doesn't have another double-digit interception season or whatever. And like Al Harris was saying, he goes, I think he's playing even better this year than he did the year before because of other things that he's improved in. But yeah, like like you said, the tackling obviously isn't uh, a strength. There's, there's issues with – he's not a, a perfect corner. There's no question about that. But – the value he has in taking the ball away and how big that's been for this Cowboys team taking the ball away the last two years. And then the fact that you want to pair Micah Parsons with somebody on the back end that, you know, can help, you know, take advantage of some some good situations with a good pass rush, whether it be Micah going forward, Mozzie, uh, you know, if Dorrance Armstrong's still here, Sam Williams, they're obviously going to add more pass rush. You know, I just, for a team that, like I said, I like Byron Jones. I thought he was a good player. I never got the sense that they were going to pay him. Whereas the flip side is, I never really got the sense that they were going to let Trayvon Diggs go, unless it was like one of these things where he just was going to hold out for it. He wanted to be the absolute highest paid or whatever. But it's just like the quarterback market. You know, Sauce Gardner is going to get a deal. Patrick Sertan is going to get a deal. And they're all going to be above yeah. this. And so that's just how it works. It's the same thing. 
It's uh, I mean, it's different, but like Justin Herbert got a deal done right. this evening as we record here on Tuesday night, the twenty fifth. Uh, and Herbert's deal is five years, two sixty two. And obviously, you can look at the guarantees and things like that. But like, here's the point: like, quarterbacks are at fifty now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's like they are going. We were fighting over twenty five and thirty and thirty five and forty over the last five or six years. This is when, what happens when Daniel Salary Jones is getting forty. You knew the top ones were going to fifty. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like this is just what it is everywhere. Micah is going to change everything about For how sure. this is done on defense. Nick Bosa is actually trying to do that now. You know, Nick Bosa holding out. He might get ahead of Micah on that. And so we're just changing. Nope, I've set a new precedent for what it is. And, yeah. But if Micah has, okay, so let's say they get a deal done, the Niners do with Bosa, and then Micah has another year like he's been having. Let's say he let's say he wins Defensive Player of the Year. Well, he's topping mm-hmm. whatever Bosa got. Oh, yeah. And it's like it's just Nick's time first, and then and the Micah. Right. I mean, TJ Watt's already. If you're Micah, you got it. You're 30, just rooting so. for for Bosa to get a huge deal here. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. So you know, and that's why you can't lock in. Um, I don't know, Tony Pollard to a long term deal. Interesting. As we go to the press conference, cut a lot of things. Uh, uh you know that were that were popped up. I'm with you. One of the shortest press conference or state of the team addresses that we've had in many years um and there was no jerry opening statement that was a key there because sometimes his opening statement will eat up about five ten minutes right there so when they didn't write the questions i was like oh that kind of takes a little bit away from this but all right here we go maybe they're trying to get down to business this year this is the chance it's dak and jalen hurts are your nfc quarterbacks like this is it not a lot of questions about dak i don't think any I mean, they referenced him, but there wasn't like direct questions about Dak's interceptions and, and what they're doing to address that and all that. I mean, it's been talked about off this offseason, but yeah. it's talking about today. Yeah, it was asked to Jerry uh, in the walk-off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those but are I mean, like McCarthy-Kellen type, you know, questions that were Dak questions, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's about that more than Dak. And I don't know, maybe that's fair. Although they did you know, reference it when they were talking about the running backs, right? They talked about how like we the the things evolved and it's quarterback league and all that, which we know that. Um, I find it interesting though. Steven said that they, you know, offered Tony Pollard a long term deal, and I was like, man, I wonder how that offer was, how much that was discussed in the running back Zoom call the other night. <laughs> like, well, you know, they all went either, It was probably either a low. <laughs> annual number or the guarantees were extremely low so where they could have got out of it after like a year anyway you know and there probably just wasn't enough financial commitment for tony pollard and his agent to go Nah, that's cool we'll go to free agency next year we can do better than than that you know uh it's it's funny because like all 10 of those guys who are on that zoom call were all you know they were all talking about how much they make and how much they're going to make, and they're all pulling out PDFs of their contract and just kind of showing. And then Saquon got nine hundred thousand dollar incentives. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Uh, feel bad yeah. for him in a way, but also like it is not good business to pay running back. You guys want to get together on a call after this and talk about being underpaid? See, see if it does anything for us. 
Yeah, it won't do a thing, and that's why everyone's striking right now. No, but we'll tweet about it. We'll tweet about it. We'll say that we did a call together, and we'll tweet about it. You think that'll change it? No. It is what it is. You know. Because I'm gonna tell you what. What'll change it is that (laughs) you got to have some backups go in there and be disasters. You can't have the back. You can't sit there and hold out at the running back spot and have your backup come in there and be like, "Eh, "It's pretty solid." You can't have that. You have to. You have to significantly show the difference between you being out there. And your backup, you know, it is wild because it's like, so like, it's the rare thing like here in the NFL, like your boss technically, your you know whatever, however you want to look at that, it's not your coach really, it's you know, it's the owner, but the boss is the salary cap, like that's the real boss. Now that doesn't mean the salary. Well, sometimes the salary cap does make decisions. Like my real my day job, my boss is the guy who created uh, created MTV. Okay. Do you think he gives one flying S about what I make? Absolutely not. But if there was a salary cap, those decisions might be made. It's a little different. Like, or, it's almost like or, you're kind of almost like bitching about the systems in place. Or you have to is. bring value to a certain level to where like you were like, hey, I got this thing. And we're going to say it was, I don't know, late 80s or whatever. And you're like, I got this thing. It's called Beavis and Butthead. And if you don't want to give me more money, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it somewhere else. You know that you got yeah. some leverage there that changes things. You know, like Travis was that Kelsey. was that early '90s or mid '90s? Early, early '90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my Travis judge Kelsey got screwed over by MTV oh. though. Yeah, yeah. He he took some bad deals along the way. He took yeah. a couple bad deals along the way. Point is, like Travis Kelsey could say he's a wide receiver, right? Could he get paid yeah. like a top wide receiver? Or was the label you know, on that? It's not good. When your highest paid running back is hurt all the time. Who's it's the kind NFL? Of exactly what we're talking no, about. No, I want to stick with the MTV thing. Who's the NFL's version of ridiculousness? Okay. I don't even know what that is. Come on. It's the, the only thing that's on MTV. Of ridiculousness. It's the only thing that's on MTV what? anymore. <laughs> no, they just run it on a loop. Well, that's what I- they do with The Office and Parks and Rec on Comedy Central. <laughs> the Office. Is Genius. legendary. Okay, I, I I understand why they would run that on a loop. <laughs> What's the? This internet? is Rob Deerdeck. Okay, you know what? Ridiculousness. Being, filling that's, in the Bob that's defamatory to Chanel West Coast, John. Come on. What's up? <laughs> don't disparage Chanel West Coast like that. I love Chanel West Coast, but I don't think that that show is anywhere near on the level of putting in the breath of The Office. <laughs> yeah. So Zeke Absolutely is the not. ridiculousness of. Yes, Ezekiel Elliott. It can't. It can't yeah, be though, pretty, because ridiculousness pretty. is always on. It has to be somebody that is like a star player. The lifeblood. Miles of Sanders. The team. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that thing, that show is on all the time. I know it is, and I don't understand it. They're just stealing America's Funniest Home Videos. And <laughs> that's exactly what it yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, let's start playing some cuts here. Uh, yeah, let's uh, go. Kent, um, let's start out with, I guess, Jerry talking about when they, you know, their decision to franchise Tony Pollard. Yeah, good question by John here to set it up. Well, actually, I think uh, uh, the franchise tag, uh, when I think of it, uh, probably fit that situation really well. So uh, I think it uh, does its job when I look at the entire team and the makeup of what you have to do with the uh, allocated dollars that you've got. It's a distribution process. Uh, If one player gets a dollar, the other one doesn't get it. And so you distribute it uh, as best you can. And in this particular case, I think it worked uh, well for uh, Tony. That's a lot of money. Uh, and I think it's uh, going to help uh, make it work for us to uh, put this team together this year. When he says it's a lot of money, all I'm thinking is how, you know, the franchise tag number is 10. And yeah. what other franchise tag number would not even be, like if you worked out a long-term deal, would the average not even be the franchise tag number? Because yeah. they were not, whatever that offer Stephen's talking about was not $10 million a year. No doubt. It might have been like seven. I almost wonder if the NFL will make a change because of all this griping that will raise the franchise tag number of the running back, which goes against everything. But I wonder if that's something that they could fight. And maybe that's going to be, yeah, I mean, it's going to be illegal in the CBA. But So like, who's going to take the hit on that? Are quarterbacks going to make less money then? No, we're just going to accept that running backs, are, like you need to stop playing running back if you're in high school and college. That's so. Wait, so you're saying if you raise the if you raise the franchise tag number, nobody would franchise tag running back. They'd be like, all right, see ya, sorry. Yeah, but I think they're willing. If the franchise tag number on Tony Pollard was 13 million, they would have let him go to free agency. Let's not forget how fast Tony Pollard signed that thing. You know, that's another thing that people talk about, like how oh, you know, these guys are going to hold out. Like Tony signed that thing right away. Get it so, now. You know, I don't know, man. You, you can't can. raise it. You can't raise it too high. It might, hey, and it might be great for him too. Like, it, I mean, he might have just this monster year where maybe it's not he gets a big deal from the Cowboys, but hey, maybe some other team comes in there and is just like, man, we still think this guy's got a lot left and we'll give him a three year deal, you know? And, you know, I, I feel like, and there's, I, there's not necessarily a science to it, but I feel like him just being a fourth round pick versus, you know, Barkley being what he was and Jacobs being what he was like, there's like, there's, there has to be a certain element of Tony Pollard just being like, you know, j- the, the mindset from before of, I'm just kind of grateful. I'm making $10 million yeah. this year. Like Saquon sure. Barkley and Josh Jacobs probably don't feel that way. They probably feel like, look at what Zeke did. Look what Todd Gurley did or whatever, whatever go on and on. Um, whereas I don't think Tony Pollard necessarily views it that way. Yeah. And if he doesn't sign that, they could have, you know, drafted an, another running back that, that yeah. they would just had to draft one earlier or whatever, which, I mean, we, that could be what ends up happening. I mean, if, if I was to say, okay, Tony Pollard back next year, do you even think it's a 50% chance? 
No. It sucks because he can have a monster year, but because of what the position is, I just see a lot of teams going, no, we'll just draft another guy. We'll pair that guy with, you know. Because here's the other thing. Who's going to be their number two this year? Because let's say it's Malik Davis. Let's say it's Deuce Vaughn. What if they play really well? We're talking about a guy that was taken at the end of the sixth round and a guy that was undrafted. Yeah. And if they play really well, well. Well, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying like, you know, the Pachecos of the world, when they get in there and they play well and you're just like, well, you didn't have to invest a lot in that spot, you know? I mean, it's just simple like it's just simple economics to a point. If the production doesn't even have to be better, although it, you know, will be with Tony Pollard, clearly. But the production doesn't even have to be better. It just has to be close to offset yeah. the minimum wage. You're kind of seeing this with wide receiver a little bit too. Different the top tier guys are gonna get paid. But when it comes to drafting, like the Chiefs could have probably found a way to make room for Tyreek Hill. But they said, well, we got Kelsey making this much, Mahomes making this much. We'll make it work. But and at least Tyreek's going to get it from another team. Lies running backs. Like Saquon yeah, Barkley is upset with the Giants. So let's say he gets up to free agency. I don't know if there's going to be a ton of teams that are beating down the door to give him $15, $20 million a year where like at wide receiver, Kenny Galladay got like $18 million, You know, the yeah. top receivers are getting That's like fair. 30 you know? It's, uh, is Zeke to blame for all this? No. <laughs> his There's, no way. There's no way it would no. just be one guy. It's 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 Zeke, it's uh Leonard Fournette, it's mm-hmm. um uh who's the other running back? Gurley. Oh Todd Gurley, yep. Gurley um, yeah, for sure. Those are and I ones. think I mean Mike uh, I, alluded to this and this is a perfect transition to this cut, is they don't really view Tony as a bell cow back. So maybe that factors into it. So here's what he said about that. No, I I don't I don't look at them trying to you know fill fill Zeke's role. I mean, I, I mean Zeke's Zeke's a special football player. I mean, he's a primary ball distribution you know focal point for us, and and you know long before I got here, and, and definitely the last three years. So you know how those opportunities are distributed, we'll we'll you know we'll answer that as we get into the games. So yeah, this is not a you know this guy gets Zeke's touches. That's that's not the that's not the format. It's really how how we're going to utilize the whole perimeter group. Now, I will also say, I feel like he says that because of the fact that they didn't draft a running back in the second or third round. Because if they did, I could see them viewing that guy like, hey, no, this guy's taking Zeke's spot. Tony's going to play his similar role. But when you don't address it, you don't add anybody really in free agency, and your roster is what it is, then yeah, then you don't. So you have to kind of work with what you have. But if they would have spent, on, let's say in the draft, let's say a second or third round pick, I think that it would be potentially like Zach Charbonnet. You think Zach Charbonnet is coming in to get, they take him in the second or third round. You think Charbonnet is coming in getting, I uh, will give him five or six carries, let him feel it out. No, they're throwing him to the He's wolves. He's getting used. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, his answer too also is like, we really don't know what the hell our second running back is going to be right no, now. No, they, and they don't. Like, they don't. They don't. And it's fine. That's, that's fine because you can figure that out. It's all good. I, hey, uh, selfishly, I like it for us because it'll give us something interesting to monitor during normally meaningless preseason games because Deuce Vaughn's going to play a lot. You know, you're going to see, you know, Malik Davis play a lot. So that's one thing that you'll be able to now the offensive line they're running behind might be awful, but still at least you're going to see them get reps. 
Uh, let's go to uh, Steven right there, Kent, on a, yep. you know talking about it being a quarterback-driven league because this is kind of on the heels. He's kind of talking about the quarterback yeah. position as well. Yeah, well, I think uh, first of all, uh, you know, our league evolves, and you know it. You know, Mike and I were just talking about it. Uh, you know, in the room before we we came out here, and this is a quarterback-driven league now. And uh, obviously, throwing the ball is a big part of this game. You know, you get down to the two minute, you got to be able to throw the ball. Uh, you know, it used to be 20 years ago, it was revolved around a running back. The running back may have been more important than the quarterback. Uh, obviously, this franchise has had some of the best running backs, uh, you know, in the league. When you look at Tony Dorsett, you look at Emmett Smith, you look at uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, we've had you know, great running backs here and great respect uh, for that position. Uh, you know, I will say this about Tony. We offered Tony a long-term deal. You know, the same holds true for tight end. We offered Schultz a long-term deal and we didn't agree. Uh, the reason you don't agree is they want more and you want to pay a little bit less and you agree to disagree and then they go on and they play under the tag. That's obviously Tony signed his tag and he's going to do that. And uh, certainly, uh, uh, Dalton Schultz made that decision, and uh, you know that's part of the negotiation and part of the system that's in place. It's a free market out there. Uh, there are, you know, there are mechanisms in place that uh, allow teams to hold a player a year, called the franchise. All right, we can we can stop there. The um, thing that stuck out to me about that it's just a change in philosophy. It seems, whereas the Cowboys, you always think of this running back team. And it just seems that, you know, they're, they got a different philosophy now where it's going to be a DAC team. It, it has to be. Um, because you could say, okay, now and there's also like, for once too, they went and made the trade to get Brandon Cooks in here as well. I thought showed a little bit of aggression there for the first time in a while. Because I think maybe they do fully understand that. And I don't know, maybe it's something McCarthy finally said. I mean, I think maybe the the run the damn ball comment might have been a just uh, – maybe I'm giving him too much credit now too. Um, no, but the run the damn ball thing is about in situations. I, I, it has been yeah, taken right? totally in a wrong direction of just like thinking it's going to be 2014 DeMarco Murray. They're not going to do that. They don't have the personnel to do that. He means, like I said, in those – we've talked about this before that green bay game it's that jacksonville game where they had leads that's where he's talking about that's what he meant it's not yeah right from the start we're trying to get out there 35 40 rushes a game lean on the defense they're not going to do that yeah but get up 28 10 let's maybe yeah. run the ball a little bit and then but that's also how they lost the 2014 nfc championship game you know and then in, in seattle although there's an onside kick that played there but that's a long time ago so no one thinks about that no one worried about that too much uh i i, I have a kicker problem guys another speaking of things to watch john yeah john we have a kicker problem jerry what do you have to say all options are open i think what we've got in camp has the potential to be the answer <laughs> And so it's not something that we're waiting on every day to try to uh, come up with something additive there. Let's see what we got. Let's see how they how they practice. Let's see how uh, uh, how we uh, get comfortable with what they're doing. Uh, so what you see is the adjustment that would have been the answer to if we'd have been sitting here at the end of last season saying we're going to relook at this kicker situation. 
Well, you're looking at it. Uh, and then what comes up, we will see. Uh, now, competition's competition. And if all of a sudden we see some true competition, which means we see a way to do it better, then we'll uh, we'll go that drought. It's that fluid right now. It's the same thing as last year. You know, they go in last year at this time with Garibay and Hilarahu and, and ended up being Brett Maher as their kicker, and he wasn't even on the roster last year at this time. So they're hoping that one of these guys, um, Biscano or Aubrey, are the guy. But if they're not, then maybe that's when they go out and make a move and go after Robbie Gould or Mason Crosby or somebody else that's not really going to excite the fan base. But they're hoping one of these two guys emerge, just like they were hoping last year that Hilarahu or Garibay would emerge, and it didn't happen. And if it doesn't happen, then they'll have – it'll be three – or not even three days. It'll be, you know, whatever, a week or two from now, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, they got three kickers, you know, trying out or something like that. So Yeah, maybe Vizcaino will go win the job, right? Yeah. That'll be great. That'll go do the thing. I kicker kicker is just very – much with their team right now where safety and defensive tackle were about three or four years ago where it was like not only do we value it so low we might value it the lowest of any team in the nfl you know which great until uh you know you doink one in the playoffs i don't know you can't have <laughs> one or five that's an yeah. all-time jerry quote of the guy in camp might be the answer. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, great. Dude, well, they haven't like, invested oh, anything in the I mean, in the position, so why would you expect? You know, I tell you, it's what, like okay, John, if they those... were going into the season with Matt Castle and Will Greer as their two quarterbacks, do you think he would be talking about like, well, we just got to see how they do before we give them this long term deal? He'd be like, yeah, I don't know. I think our starting quarterbacks in camp, but might not be. As a guy who can't get out to camp this year um, again, um, I tell you what. Makes my days a lot better when I'm waiting on the John Machota kicker tweet <laughs> to find uh, out if Vizcaino went. Boy, last year when I was getting reports back that Garibay was going two for eight, that was tough for me. Just sailing off to the left into the trees, hitting people. It was bad. Yeah, you know what? Better to do it then, though, than to you know uh, do it in the playoffs. Brett Maher signed with the Broncos, so. Yeah. Kicking they in that cut thin McManus air. to get Brett Maher. <laughs> oh man! What he was good also, all up until that one game, and they still won they, that game by a lot. He wasn't the, the he was fine. They also give up like a million draft picks for Russell Wilson, so I guess it's not that surprising. Uh, good luck there, Sean Payton. Um, is this the best team that Mike McCarthy has had in his four years? Yeah. I think so for sure. Yeah. Not 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 just because of the personnel, but because where the personnel is. Like this isn't Micah Parsons as a rookie and you know, you're trying to figure things out. Like this is Micah Parsons in his prime, Dak Prescott in his prime, C D Lamb in his prime. Um, all these like I mean, there are definitely holes somewhere around somewhere throughout the roster. I think, you know, obviously tight end is a position to watch. But you got Tony Pollard cleared to practice. You got um two solid corners, you have your defensive coordinator who's supposed to be a head coach still still is your DC. Like there's to me the stage of where all these players are. Uh Michael Gallup now full year removed from his ACL injury. Uh, Brandon Cook, Stefan like just I think the state of everything makes this the best definitely that he's had in Dallas. Oh yeah, it's the best team for 
like I didn't cover those Wade Phillips teams, you know, oh nine of that. So you can maybe argue one of them, but since Jason Garrett took over head coach and I started covering team eleven, yeah, this is the best team on paper going into a season. And it's because of all those things that Saad mentioned. You have to factor in the Dan Quinn thing. I'm sorry, but Dan Quinn's a better defensive coordinator, Rod Marinelli. Um Micah Parsons, where he's at in his career, uh, is still ascending. And the defense as a whole is better than any defense since really, you know, like I said, you can go back to those Wade Phillips ones and, you know, 09 and before that. But since that, since, you know, when Garrett took over as head coach, it just didn't have that emphasis on defense. And so, while yes, some of those teams maybe were better with like DeMarco Murray at running back and maybe they were better on the offense. Well, they were better on the offensive line. There were just so many other areas where you're just like, this is a corner, defensive line. I mean, it's just, no, this is this is the best team. This is this one has the chance. And then the other part of it, too, is that they should be battle-tested. That back-to-back years, 12 wins. Back-to-back years in the playoffs. There's You know what you're, what's ahead of you. And then the other part of it is just look at how wide open it is. It's way more wide open right now. There is no Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers in their prime. So it's all there for the taking. Hey, Kent, can you play the clip from Jerry about Mike McCarthy and play calling? Uh, yep. Damn, here it is. We had just, we're just at a point uh, as we have evolved, and I think we have evolved over the last two or three years, that it was not so much about what Kellen wasn't. It was about what Mike is. And so I think that we gain on it. I think we give ourselves a better chance uh, if Mike has uh, that kind of emphasis. I'm going to let him explain to you what that kind of emphasis is, not me, since he's sitting right here. What I really liked about that whole exchange when it happened about the play calling is it furthers what we've all kind of talked about throughout the offseason, that the onus is all on on Mike McCarthy. Like Jerry's putting it on McCarthy. McCarthy's taking it on himself. We all know Brian Schottenheimer with all due respect is, is not, you know, th- this is the entire offense rides on McCarthy. Um, I did, you know, related to that, I'll take it back to OTAs when McCarthy, it, it's interesting. Everybody's putting on McCarthy, but McCarthy kind of looped Dak into it where he was like, Hey, this is, this is kind of on Dak. Like, you know, I'm trying to make this as quarterback friendly and we, we believe we have a hall of fame type quarterback and, so it's, but, but this is all going to boil down to McCarthy and and Dak, and and it was kind of kind of soothing to see Jerry kind of point it back in that direction and not make any kind of you know cloudy thing about that. Well, and you just look at the team. If you look at the team and the entire coaching staff, who else in their current position has won a Super Bowl? It's Mike McCarthy calling that's, plays. That's the guy. And Jerry that's Jones is general manager. Won three Super Bowls. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. Do you? What yeah. was your reaction, John, to Dak saying he won't throw ten picks this year? That he didn't say that. That's my reaction to that. That's oh, that, he did not. The media, was that a fake quote? Yeah, it was. It was misquoted. And uh, it, the funny here, here's my biggest takeaway about that. I love the without mentioning any names of any other companies. I love the how fast you can run with that because it's the off season and it'll give us something to talk about on our shows, and then people that work at those companies reach out and go, hey, that's not the right whatever. And they're like, eh, well, we got a segment out of it. All right, see you later. What's next? Like, mm-hmm. it, there's no, like, repercussions or anything. It's like, oh, well, well, it's getting a lot segment. of likes on go. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, he, was intern, he was misquoted. Trying hard, right? I don't know if it's trying hard, but just it is what it is. Oh, and that's, a, that's the tough thing about 
you know, the NFL, but specifically the Cowboys. Like, I'm telling you, man, like, maybe I'm just. What did he say? Oh, I, I don't know what exactly what it was. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it wasn't, it didn't even say, it, it was something about, I think instead of 10, I think the word was tipped interceptions. You know, we're not going to have those tipped yeah. interceptions. You know what I'm saying? So, got it. Because, um, yeah, that was probably I, counted here, for three, the or, quote. three or four of his, uh, inter- and his interceptions last year were ones that got tipped. What was they know where the hell to be, why to be, and when they're getting looked at? That's going to be a big jump, I think. We won't have those tipped interceptions this year. Yeah. We won't have a throw to Noah Brown kind of pop out of his hands and into the hands of a Jaguars player. Well, you, that game on NFL Network recently, not good. Yeah, yeah, you say About that, 28, but twenty-eight ten. But also, you need, you know, I mean, Michael Gallup saying all the right things, and so you take him at his word. But I mean, he has to play big, man. He has to show up this year. You know, you need all three of those wide receivers to play well and be healthy. So that'll be a key one to monitor because you sit there and you you bring up Noah Brown, and as I sit here right now, if you told me that I could have Noah Brown on this roster as my number four receiver, I'd probably feel more confident in him. There's just a lot of unknowns after those first three. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Simi Foco, people say it's he's been ramping up, his head in the right direction. Tolbert, same thing, but I haven't actually seen it. So, sure. You know. Uh, let's, uh, it's always a good when Jerry can make you laugh. We've had the glory hole comment. We've had... The shocking word he said last year in reference to Larry Lacewell. <laughs> we had the time that he told us that Nick Foles was not an option without a media member actually even asking him. But uh, here's his funny joke from today. Driving in and getting my room out here. I think this is about 10, 11 years in that room. It looks less than my college dorm uh, at the time. But uh, it uh, feels good to be in there. Now I go out the back door and sleep up here at the Biltmore. But other than that, <laughs> other than that, we're in good shape. Oh, uh, that's a fine. <laughs> out the back door. <laughs> um, Y'all are great. Oh, Pretty good. I was like, no one in the world. We're all imagining it. Even in a little room. Can't even move. So great. Because yeah, you know like, I'm, It's you so guys- humbling being in this room. I don't stay in the room, but it's so, <laughs> it's you guys, so great. You guys know what the room is. You've seen oh, it. It's, it's just a room. normal hotel room. Yeah. No, it's the room that he was salting that McGriddle in. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was that room. His little office. Yeah. yeah there's so, so many great things. Jerry at the end acts like he's a stand-up comic that's doing a whole set with this quote. Y'all are great. Y'all are great. Thank y'all. Clarence, I'll be here all Clarence. weekend. I'm out. Laugh, kind of like you know, egged him on a little bit. You can you can hear at the end there, Clarence really uh, found that quite humorous. And so. Stephen found one part of this quite humorous as well. <laughs> out the back door. <laughs> yeah, that's where he went. The end of that was Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, yeah, obviously, uh, we look forward to having uh, more camp coverage from John and Sod. So make sure you're Eric, tracking them. Two more things, real to- quick. Oh yeah. Um, also, uh, so it looks like Tony Pollard and Terrence Steele, good to go. You know, there was some thoughts, maybe they might have to start on Pop, but um, unfortunately, Jordan Lewis, who was a guy that Steven had told us back during OTAs and minicamp, will probably start on Pop, so he is with his, as he continues to come back from that foot issue he had. And then Luke Schoonmaker, this isn't good, starting on the uh, 
NFI list, so he's not going to be active right away. He's still dealing with that foot thing, and it just kind of reminds you a little bit of the Jalen Tolbert thing, where it's like you really you need this guy to show up because you you need the help at tight end, and then he's you know dealing with an injury to start camp. That's not great. So that's just a couple things I wanted to pass along there from just some roster issues there, um, because obviously Luke Schoonmaker is in a position where he can get a lot of playing time this year if he's healthy. Yeah, can we do uh, as of we have to hear your Barbie review? Uh, but uh, uh, I didn't we talk watch about that Zach movie. Martin. We talk about Zach Martin. Uh, I don't have major concerns because I really think they need to develop some of these interior guys, and it's not like he's going to play in the, any of the preseason games. Where I'd have concerns is if he could potentially miss in the regular season. But I, it, I just. He's a guy that takes care of his body. He's a guy that's going to be ready. You would like him, obviously, to be around the team. He's a leader. He's you know one of the greatest offensive linemen that have ever played for the franchise. Probably be in the Ring of Honor. Probably be in the Hall of Fame. You'd like that guy around. But if he's not, I don't think it's the end of the world because I don't see him missing games, and ultimately that's what when it matters the most. Um, but I understand people's concerns. There's a new offensive line coach. You, you would like him to be there. Um, but I also found it interesting how Jerry Jones, I mean, whether you're talking about the stuff on the podium or in the walk-off, like he just didn't seem like he was too interested in giving in on that with their two years being left on that deal. And uh, I think it's because you, while, again, Zach Martin has the potential to, like I said, Hall of Fame, Ring of Honor, but you redo that, then it's like how many other guys have a big year with a couple years left in their contract? And they're like, well... Yeah, I want that. The thing you guys did for Zach Martin, I want that now. You know, so you can't it is make kind of the excuse for one. Yeah, you, it, it's kind can't. of a tough situation. Um, I kind of thought he would show up out here, but just not practice. Uh, and maybe that still will happen. We'll we will see. Um, but they do need to develop, like whether it be you know, because like here's the thing with I'd say their first practice, first team offensive line. I I think it's going to be Tyron Smith at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard. Frederick and then Terrence Steele at right tackle. So right guard, you're talking Chuma Doga's going to get work there. Uh, Matt Farniak, Josh Ball. They need at least one of those guys to get to a level where you're like, oh, I feel confident putting that guy in at right or left guard at some point during the season because they're likely going to need them at some point. So um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it just has never, that's the one thing since McCarthy's been head coach, it just has not been that con- continuity on the offensive line. And we're heading into this new season. McCarthy's fourth as a head coach. And I just, you got to be a real wishful thinker to think that, oh, no, no, no. They're going to get their five and they're going to roll with it this year. Like, all right. They're just, I there's going to be something horse, that happens. You know, after the draft, it bothers me that they didn't add a body in the draft. Yeah. You know, especially it's going to bother me way more if you don't get anything out of Schoonmaker, you know, which. Yeah projecting projecting but if for whatever reason he wasn't terribly available and feet uh foot injuries or feet uh injuries do concern me heavily in this game and basketball too of course but like yeah that that's that's highly frustrating you yeah. really didn't go you're not you're not gonna go see barbie no what if i told you a plus john i promise what if i told Great you movie. it's the best movie of the year so far even though i haven't seen oppenheimer yeah there's no way that here's my thing like about movies and you can disagree if you want but i'm very like there's just certain things that i like that John i know are my type of thing like, I, can, I can give you yeah. this is the example i use for everybody because 
it's the it's the best way I can I can describe it. I love Black Mass. It's one of my favorite movies, and I know a lot of people have seen it and just like that movie sucks. It's not good at all. But for me, the characters, the the action, what goes on, it's about like Whitey Bulger. Um, uh, Johnny Depp plays Whitey Bulger. I love that movie. I've probably seen it 15, 20 times. Like I'm a huge fan of that. Same thing with like Blow with Johnny Depp. I know a lot of people have seen it and they're just like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. But like, there's just certain movies that I know will not hit with me. Uh, for example, La La Land. I couldn't make it 20 minutes into that thing, and I was like, yeah, I'm out. It's just not for me, you know. But whereas like Oppenheimer, I'll be I'll be stunned if I watch that. And I'm like, man, that's not very good. Like I just. It just is the type of movie that I, I just feel like I, I will like. You know what movie I'm comparing it to? Weirdly, is Deadpool. Did you like Deadpool? I did. That's a good comparison. Compare, There's that type of to... action. It's worth seeing just for the production design, like the sets. It's like a they built a Barbie world in human size, like an entire city Man. and stuff. It's pretty freaking. See, crazy I like Deadpool see. because I thought it was really funny, but then it was also. Pretty Barbara's graphic, funny. like for the fight scenes and things like that too, though, you know? This isn't what you think it is, John. It's not like it's a not. Barbie movie. It's it's a satire. Dude, it's a comedy. It's, it's a hardcore it's comedy satire. Yeah. I'll see it when um, it comes out on DVD. <laughs> no, no, the colors are so good. Um dude, Jared Goff is great. He's gonna win best actor in this movie. I'm telling That's you. Good. That's Jared good. Goff. That's good. He's so good. And it is a you know what, honestly? Your refusal to see it is kind of a little bit of what this movie's about. Okay. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury kills it as Ken, right? Yeah. Well, we're all Ken when you think about it. We all are. Uh, John, check out Crazy Heart if you like Scott Cooper, who did uh, Black Mask. Okay. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Black Mass, I should say, not Black Mask. Have you seen Black Mask? Crazy Heart. Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges. I have. It's good. Love it. You'll like Oppenheimer, John. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped You'll about that. It. Now, what's the one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. You haven't that seen that. That's not out yet, is it? That's getting pushed back, right? No, that's Scorsese. It comes out in November, I think. Oh. I just know. I know that Ken's got the hookup on these things. and. <laughs> yeah, check out our Barbie review on Mad.Movies this week. Can, can I? Can <laughs> I? And Oppenheimer. Can I, share, can I share with the listeners your Plex account? Just my thoughts on it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have a big server of movies that I give John access to. And, Wild, like know, I'm talking try, in, try in order of John. like in order of like, is it producers? It might be directors. Oh yeah, I've got but it's like an, I mean, <laughs> also alphabetical, all these different things that have won Academy Awards. Uh, yeah, it's that's great. I have man. I have my friend has the same thing, and I I use that for all my TV shows. So I have all my TV shows on my on that. And it has the office with all the uh, behind the scenes and extended versions and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's so great. I just, I was scrolling for like 10 minutes through how you had them all in order by directors. And I just, I was stunned by that. That's outstanding. Jonah, today's the 15 year anniversary of Step Brothers. Another great one. No. I was 20 when Step Brothers came out. <laughs> it's crazy to think about it that way. And holds up as it's on constantly on yeah that definitely holds too. up for sure um, for sure I they actually agree. tried to cast john ham as Derek. Hmm, i can see Scott. that yeah which makes sense 
Well, that's good. That's good cowboy stuff to end it right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, it's a quiet off season. We told you it's a quiet off season. We had a thirty minute press conference. They're usually an hour and thirty. Yeah. No, not a ton of thanking sponsors. We're getting down to business this year. You can sense it. You can sense that this is their chance. You can feel the urgency in the air. By the way, McCarthy talks. Uh, by the way, Stephen and Jerry act. As Jerry makes a joke to end it. Farsad Yusuf, congratulations on officially being a member of the beat. To uh, uh, For John Mishota, Father John, make sure you're checking out their work, of course, on X. Can we find your stuff on X? <sighs> God, that's weird. X videos. Uh, <laughs> what? And for our producer, Kent Garrison, I'm Kevin, and we'll see you next time on About Them Cowboys. <laughs> Out the back door. <laughs>